Hey, good evening. Well, thanks for coming back out tonight. It's a joy to be with you. And I do want to thank just uh, your church family, uh, the pastoral staff, uh, Tim so much, who's been a blessing, and uh, for your partnership uh, in our ministry with us. And I'll share a little bit about that here uh, as we uh, show some pictures here in just a moment. But thanks for your church, for being a lighthouse in your community and for seeking to reach people in various ways. And uh, one way you do it is through uh, baseball and uh, your partnership with us. So uh, we really do appreciate and are grateful for it. Don't forget the table there in the lobby. Take whatever you like off of that. If you've got baseball connections, feel free to take like a pack of those cards. We reprint those new every year, and uh, you can make use of them with the gospel track. It'd be a great way to share uh, God's word with someone else. Uh, I'm going to show some pictures here. I'll talk a little bit about each one, and then uh, if you have questions, we'll have some time for that. So think about something you might want to ask uh, if uh, you feel so led. So we'll start here. I wrote down the order of the questions that we're going to, or the um, slides here, so let me get that out. First, just our family slide. Uh, this was taken just a few weeks ago, really, toward the end of the season at a game, and uh, myself and Carla there on the right. Then our son, uh, holding the little girl and his wife next to him, Chelsea, uh, they live in Waterford, Michigan. Matt is a state trooper, and um, that's their little girl, Everly. And then uh, our daughter holding a baby, Brittany, is single, so that's also Matt and Chelsea's little boy, uh, newly born in June. And uh, Brittany uh, lives in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, she's not coming back to Michigan. We've resigned ourselves to that. She's like, I'm staying down here. She works at a large church down there in the, kind of their worship uh, arts department and uh, and um, uh, service planning, and uh, she is right now on a plane headed toward Australia for a conference or something they're doing down there. And then the last two are Max and Kim. Uh, Kim is our daughter. Max is her husband. They also live in the Detroit area. And anyone like Chick Fil A? Okay. So Max works at a Chick Fil A. There really are few Chick Fil A's in Michigan, aren't there? There are like no standalone ones in Detroit. They're either in a mall or a school or the airport. And so Max works at the, the one at the mall. And in their program, hopefully, maybe one day to have his own Chick-fil-A there. So that's uh, our, our family there. And then uh, one of the things we do with the Tigers in our ministry is a lot of uh, church stuff, pastoral stuff. So weddings, counseling for weddings, and so forth. This was a wedding a year ago, January, that I had the privilege to do down in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Carla and I went down there, made a trip out of it. And uh, this is Tyler Collins, who's now retired from baseball. How many remember Tyler? Played outfield for us. And uh, Tyler and his wife, Carly, there, got married outdoors on a Sunday afternoon in the Fort Worth area. Um, And Tyler came to Christ, really, his last year or two playing uh, with the Tigers. Anyone remember what he did on the field that made national news? How many remember? Don't, Don't demonstrate it, but how many remember? So Tyler and another, uh, the right fielder, Tyler's playing center, a ball fell in between them. And uh, it was a game where there was a scoreless streak uh, for the pitcher going for a number of games or innings. And uh, the hometown crew there, Comerica, started to boo him. So after the half inning was over and Tiger was, uh, Tyler and the team was leaving the field, uh, Tyler made a gesture to the crowd. Okay, I'm not going to make it. Okay, rest of, but y'all know what I'm talking about probably, right? And it made the news, you know, here he is kind of making a gesture to his home fans. But that kind of shook Tyler up. He'd grown up in church. 
he came to chapel, but it really shook him up about, hey, who am I, man? Why would I do that? And through a book that a teammate gave him about God's unconditional love, Tyler came to faith in Christ. And I asked us to be part of their wedding. But here's what I loved. Sunday afternoon was their wedding, but on that Friday afternoon, he said, Jeff, we're going to have friends and family in town. Hey, would you baptize us? And so I had the privilege to baptize Tyler on a Friday afternoon at a church. Well, there's another picture from the wedding. Uh, There you go. And um, uh, at a church like this, they had a baptistry. He had friends and family there. He and Carly both shared their stories of faith. I had the privilege to baptize him. And then he baptized uh, Carly. And, uh, and uh, then the next slide was after they both been baptized. And so they're doing great. Married, uh, have a little girl down there now in Texas. So after people leave the game, uh, we still try to plug them into good churches if they don't have one. We stay in touch with a lot of them and really encourage them along their path of growing in their faith and their walk in Christ. Uh, there's a picture here of a Bible study we do in Lakeland. Every spring training, I'll go down to Lakeland. Carla will come down for a good part of it with me. Uh, now that our kids are out of the house, I didn't do it all the time. But with our kids all gone now, I'll go down to Lakeland for really all of March. May come back a time or two. And uh, one of the things we do, we do chapels on Sunday, but we also do a Bible study in a home on like a Tuesday night. And we do it for the five or six weeks of spring training. Every big league player's invited, every minor league player's invited, wives and girlfriends. And uh, so here's a picture from a few years ago. This is the home of a former minor league player who lives in Lakeland. And uh, they open their home up. We've had as many as 55 people in that area, believe it or not. And uh, so there, uh, there are some current former Tigers in there. Buck Farmer there on the right. Kyle Lobstein on the couch. Uh, Gerald Salk de la Machia there in the back and uh, some others. And so uh, we'll do a Bible study. And it's really cool because you'll have a veteran player like a Tory Hunter sitting there on the couch, a Matt Boyd. And then next to him is some 18-year-old kid who just signed and is in his very first spring training, and he's sitting there in a Bible study with like a Tory Hunter. And you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I'd like to take Tory's job away from him. That's what he's thinking. I'd like to make the money Tory's making and play center field or right field for the Tigers. And so uh, we do that uh, down there every spring. We, uh, we baptize down there. We had a house down there that had a pool. And uh, some of our guys uh, who came to Christ... Uh, This was one of the minor leaguers there in the pool uh, uh, getting ready to be baptized. Uh, He's out of baseball now and never made it to the big leagues. Uh, And most players in the minor league system, that's true. They'll never make it to the big leagues. But while they're around baseball, Baseball Chapel has a ministry to them. And then this is uh, Kyle Lobstein and his wife, Samantha. And uh, Kyle... Uh, played uh, in the big leagues for the Tigers, a couple other teams. Last year, he played AAA uh, for whatever the affiliate. Uh, he played in Las Vegas, AAA team there. I think they're with Oakland. And, um, and uh, he has just taken off in his faith. Uh, Kyle and his wife, Samantha, we had the privilege to do their wedding, and it was through their premarital counseling that they both came to Christ. They live in Arizona. I went out there, met with them a couple times, And in one of those sessions, sitting there in their condo, uh, they both prayed together to receive Christ. And uh, then we had the privilege to do their wedding and just uh, loving the Lord and uh, serving him. Uh, And then uh, let's see what we got up here next. Um, uh, There's uh, Tory Hunter. I mentioned him a moment ago. Tory's retired now. So when Carla and I went down to Texas to do that wedding, uh, Tory's from Texas. He lives in a 
town called Prosper, Texas, just north of Dallas. And the next town over is Salina. And Tori, since he's retired, opened up a barbecue restaurant called Tenders. Best barbecue I've ever had. So if you're uh, in that area, go down. Tori might be behind the, he might be the guy behind the counter uh, making it or serving it. And so he's doing a number of other things as well, too. And then um, we, uh, every year I'll go visit the team on the road. How many have been to the Noah's Ark uh, deal down in Kentucky? Is there anybody over here? So the Tigers played in Cincinnati two years ago. They had an off day on a Monday. I went down. A buddy of mine pastors in Cincinnati. He let us use his church uh, vehicle. And uh, these are the guys and some others who aren't in this picture. We went down to the Noah's Ark exhibit. These guys loved it. A number of them are Latino players. And uh, they took it all in. Uh, I, I didn't mention this this morning, but in every chapel... We not only do an English chapel, but we got a guy that does chapel in Spanish as well. Especially in the minor leagues, uh, guys don't know the English very well, and so it helps them. And then uh, even at the big league level now, I've got a guy who I got on board this year. So he does chapel for the Spanish players, and I do the one for the uh, English players. Well, I went down to the Dominican. I've been down there a few times. The gentleman next to me there is Bill Stuthers. Every baseball team has a, uh, an academy in the Dominican. And so what those academies do is they try to find the, the top ball players in the country. They bring them to the academy. They live in dorms. They're like 16 years old, 17 years old. They go to school while they're there. So they continue their high school. And, um, and uh, they play a ton of baseball. And the top prospects eventually get invited to go to Lakeland. Uh, and so Baseball Chapel has someone in every one of those academies doing chapels, Bible studies. Some of them will never, some of the players will never leave the Dominican. They'll go back to their communities. Some will come to the States uh, and pursue a career in baseball. And so Bill is the guy who does the academy chapels for the Detroit Tigers, but Bill's also the guy that oversees all the chapels for all 30 academies. And so they just have a powerful ministry and presence uh, down there on that island. One of our players who uh, had a wonderful year this year, Matt Boyd. Matt's a starting pitcher. You might want to jot a couple things down here that I'll give you tonight that you can look up on your own. But Matt and his wife Ashley came to the Tigers from the Toronto organization. When they got traded over, uh, I always try to reach out to guys when they uh, get traded to the team. So I got a hold of the chaplain for the Blue Jays. He gave me Matt's number, found out that Matt was a Christian. I got a hold of Matt, and Matt and his wife actually lived with us the final two months of that year. When they came over, they didn't know where to rent or what to do, so they wound up uh, living with us. We had a great time with them. Uh, Matt and his wife, Ashley, have opened up something called Kingdom Home, and it's a home in Uganda for rescuing girls and boys out of the sex trade. And so I really encourage you to check out their website. And what I love about Matt and Ashley is, uh, number one, they invested in it. Uh, they wrote a check for $100,000 to get started. They have about 120 children under their care now and the people there that watch uh, over them in Uganda. But Matt and Ashley uh, go there too. They went there last off season. In a few weeks, they'll be going back, spending a week or so there. And so a wonderful ministry uh, that uh, the Boyds have there. And a photo I showed this morning was of the umpires praying. Um, they really are dear guys. Man, I love uh, being with the umps. Uh, it's a tough lifestyle. They say they never have a home game. You know, they're always on the road. And, um, uh, and your church has a huge impact in them. 
So we have a supply of little leather-bound books. They're about that big, about that thick, and they're called God's Promises for Your Every Need. Maybe you've seen them. Um, It's all Bible verses, and they're arranged topically. So like what to do when you feel lonely, uh, what to do when you need confidence, uh, Jesus is your friend, and then a bu- bunch of Bible verses. And we have one of those machines that will put a name on a leather-bound book. And so we uh, years ago started this. Every umpire that comes through Detroit his first time through uh, gets one of those books with his name on it. And I'll write a note to him. Uh, every tiger that comes up, I give one to. Every staff member. So we give, uh, we've given out probably close to 1,000 of them. And your church underwrites the expense of those books, uh, in addition to our personal support. And so they've gone out to places and players that Hall of Famers, to minor leaguers, to uh, umpires. And I'll get calls, uh, or I'm supposed to say, hey, Jeff, those books, can I get one for my son who's going through a tough time? And it's just a great way to personally put God's word uh, into their hands. And then the final picture I showed also this morning, just a, a group, a core group of our guys. Pray for them. A lot of these guys don't know where they'll be playing next year. After the World Series ends is when all those contract things uh, start happening. Guys get released, guys get signed, guys go to arbitration, whatever it may be. And so a lot of these guys aren't sure where they'll be or what will happen with their lives next year. It's a tough way to live sometimes. We had a guy in the Tigers years ago named Steve Sparks. Steve was a journeyman pitcher, pitched uh, three or four years here, I think, two or three years at least. And uh, Steve and his wife counted up when they were with us. They, had li- they were in their early 30s, and they had had 32 or 33 different homes up to that point. And so it's really kind of a tough lifestyle for them. So I just want to give you a little update there of some, uh, some pictures, some visuals that you could see. And I want to just throw it open if you have any questions that you'd like to ask. And don't ask me about why the pitching was so bad or the record wasn't good. Or I don't have, that. I don't have those answers. But anyone want to ask a question? Yeah, way in the back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's called God's Promises for Your Every Need. Yep. And uh, check out the Boyd's website. That was kingdomhome.com. Would be another great thing to check out. Someone else? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, think of it. If a guy is along, I'll give you an example. Travis Fryman, who played with us. Uh, Travis uh, had a nice career, 11, 12 years with us and with Cleveland. He made a ton of money. He was set for life. But he was retired at the age of like 34. Okay? And so Travis is from Pensacola, Florida. Goes to a large, good, solid church down there. You know what Travis did for the next three or four years after he got out? He, uh, they did not have a men's ministry. So he became a men's ministry director for his church. And I mean, formulated an entire discipleship, men's program, and so forth, a large church. Never took a salary. And we challenge these guys, hey, God's blessed you, man. Give back. If you can get out of baseball and not have to work for a salary, a a paycheck, how are you going to invest that in the kingdom of God? And so we really challenge guys while they play to be thinking down the road. We do a lot of stuff on marriages. The divorce rate among a ball player increases uh, when they retire, not during the time they're playing. When they're playing, man, everyone's having fun. Money's rolling in. We're living high on the hog. Uh, when they retire, and now all of a sudden uh, the guy's back around the house, 
And mama's been running the roost for, you know, 10 years doing just fine. And now they start having some of this. And maybe unsettled issues haven't been dealt with. Uh, the divorce rate really can go up. So we really stress to guys, hey, man, build your marriage. Be prepared when you retire. And we'd seek to plug him into good churches and ministries. number of guys, like a Frank Tanana, but many others, are involved in ministry uh, after they get out of the game of baseball. I, I was just at a meeting with all 30 big league guys who do what I do. We met uh, a week ago in Clearwater, Florida. We do it once a year. And of the 30, I'd have to count them up, but probably seven are guys that played professional baseball. Anyone else? Kingdomhome.org, not .com. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We, uh, rarely do we do music, okay? Uh, once a year, I may bring a guy in, like if you know Matt Hammett from uh, Sanctus Real, the song Lead Me, Matt's a good friend. He might come in with a guitar and play three or four songs. Guys love it because they don't get worship uh, music pretty much all year. Kind of like we had tonight and this morning, wonderful time to worship through song. They don't get that. So when we do do it, they love it. Um, we don't take an offering, I'd like to take just one a year. I'd be good. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, we don't take an offering. We actually have a policy that players, we don't ask money from, uh, for players, from players. And players can't give to our ministries. Now, they're taught discipleship. Or they're, taught, they're taught stewardship, and I'll say more about that in a minute. But um, so chapels, 20 minutes or so, we usually get together. We have chairs. We sit around a big circle. Uh, I'll usually let a guy open, have a guy open in prayer. And usually, uh, I've done this the last couple of years, I'll ask a different guy every week, hey, will you lead in prayer today when we get to chapel? But before you do, share something God's taught you from the Word in the last week or two. So he'll take two or three minutes, share from the Word, pray, ask guys what they want to pray about, and then I'll take some time and um, uh, share from the Word. In fact, I'll show you a video right now. Uh, what we've done the last two years, every chapel in the country has been doing the same topic every Sunday. So this year we did the Gospel of Matthew. So if a player was in Detroit or Toledo, or he got traded to another team, uh, every chapel was the same chapter in the Bible. So there was some continuity to it. Last year, we did different topics. uh, And uh, every chapel was the same topic. And so what we've done the last two years too, along with our speaking in chapels, we've asked players, hey, uh, will you record a little two-minute video that after chapel's over on Sunday morning, Sunday night, baseball chapel will send out to every player that wants to receive it. And it's a challenge from a big league player uh, sharing what the message in chapel is about. So last year, uh, James McCann, our catcher, uh, now with the White Sox, he recorded one. And so, uh, Ryan, let's show that little uh, two-minute clip from uh, James. Uh, let, me, let me stop real quick. Hey, Sorry, Ryan. So James recorded this uh, like in July. And this was after a game in New York City, played the Yankees. He's back at his hotel room like at 1230 in, uh, in the morning. And uh, sitting in his hotel room, he recorded this. And then uh, three or four weeks later, this went out to all the guys. Hey, y'all. James McCann here. Uh, today's topic is bouncing back from adversity. As a baseball player, when I think adversity, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, going through a slump at the plate, uh, going through a rough stretch at, 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 on the mound, um, you know, getting sent up and down, uh, facing you know, the struggles of, of baseball. 
uh, but there's so much more to adversity uh, off the field. Uh, issues at home, uh, health concerns, financial situations. Uh, adversity comes in all shapes and sizes, and nobody's immune from it, and it's not unique to anyone. God never promised us that, that life would be easy. Uh, in fact, Jesus warned us in uh, John 16:33, In this world you will have trouble. Trouble. But he goes on to assure us, Take heart, I have overcome this world. Uh, with God on our side, nothing is impossible, and it, uh, it states that numerous times in the Bible. Uh, when facing adversity, the easy thing to do is to give in and quit, but that's not what we're called to do. Uh, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Uh, we're actually called to enjoy the, the troubles in, in, that we go through. Uh, it seems backwards, and it's definitely hard to do in the moment, uh, but we can be at peace with the adversity knowing that God has our best interests in mind, and uh, there's a reason for it, and uh, that, that we'll be stronger because of it in the end. Um, Romans 5, uh, verses 3 through 5 say, We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Uh, God uses that, that adversity to, uh, to build our character. Uh, he shapes us and molds us through uh, the trials that, that we may face. Uh, so stay positive through it. Um, you know, Don't question it. Instead of asking why me as in poor me, why not ask why me as in why am I so blessed to, to get to go through uh, this adversity and, and how wonderful it is that God is, is going to shape and mold me through this adversity. Uh, finally, uh, as a brother in Christ, I want to remind you that uh, when things are going tough, especially uh, at the field, that's when others watch you the closest and the most. Um, they want to see how, how a Christian responds and reacts in, in the tough situations. Uh, so stay positive, uh, stay the course, and uh, you know, take this verse with you. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Remember, with God on your side, guys, everything is possible. Isn't that good? And uh, what I love is he uses the Bible. And it's not, hey, here's what I think, or here's how I did it. Here's what God's Word says. And so back to your question and others, we really teach these guys, hey, this is your ministry. <clears throat> I'm going to disciple guys and hopefully equip them, like Ephesians talks about, to do the work of the ministry. And so through videos or through what we do in chapel, <coughs> it's not just about what I do. It's about getting those guys involved in it too. Someone else. <laughs> Excuse me, yes. Yeah, so this year, um, I'm going to take a little cough drop here. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> uh, this year, uh, there's a, on a major league team, there's 25 players. There's about eight or nine coaches. <coughs> there's others who are around the team. And uh, we usually had about 20 to 22 uh, in chapel. It's a really good turnout and good representation of guys. And God's blessed in Detroit. We've usually had pretty strong turnouts. And numbers don't mean at all, but it does have an impact. I've done chapel for one, though. Uh, visiting team, one guy showed up. That's great. We'll do chapel. And we sit there, talk, do scripture, pray together. But usually in a visitor's chapel, there's 12 to 15 and then uh, Tigers, we uh, usually 15 to 20, uh, maybe a little over 20. Anybody else? Yes. Do you ever come across opposition with like three or four religions 
you know, we're in there because the players want us in there. And we're respectful to everybody in the clubhouse and around the team. Uh, and so uh, we've not had a lot of opposition to that because uh, players want us. And if players wanted another religion or group in there, uh, if, if ownership wants to keep a player happy, they'll find a way to accommodate them. But Baseball Chapel's been around since the 70s and, uh, and is recognized by baseball as kind of the organization that can put someone in. Anybody else? Yeah. Sure. Uh, and I'd have Carla come up, but she didn't like public speaking, so we'll let her stay there. So what we do is um, uh, Carla's really gifted in hospitality, and then uh, former player's wife, uh, Kathy Tanana, uh, Frank's wife, is really gifted at teaching. So the two of them, during the season, will go down to the ballpark, and they'll do on a Tuesday night, usually uh, before a home game, a meal and a Bible study for wives and girlfriends. So that happens all the time. But then just as you would think about ladies in the church ministering to ladies, uh, Carla's done that. They, we've dog sat, house sat, babysat. Uh, we've helped players move from to Toledo, Detroit when they get called up. Uh, that's a cool thing. We've helped players move from Detroit back to Toledo when they get sent down. That's not a cool thing, okay? But uh, anything a church would do is what we seek to try and do. Uh, and so the women really have a lot that goes on, uh, not just uh, in our team, but as they interact with uh, women on other teams too. They have Facebook pages, Bible studies they can do online, uh, and things like that. Anybody else? Well, let me give a baseball away, and then I uh, want to share with you in our last uh, 15 minutes or so from the Word. So I brought a baseball. This one is signed by Grayson Greiner. That's his name on there. And uh, who at position does Grayson play? Shout it out. He's a catcher, okay? And so whose birthday is today? Anybody have a birthday today? Who has a birthday coming up this week? You have a birthday coming up this week. Your birthday's this week? What day? Wednesday. Wednesday. Can anybody beat Wednesday? What's your name? Will. Will, come on up. <clears throat> okay, we'll try this again. Now, Will, are you a Tiger fan? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Is that Mason over there? You're cool, Mason. I like you. I like your honesty, buddy. Um, and so, who's your favorite tiger? Um, I don't really have one. Okay, because I can change this name. I wrote this on here last night, and I just <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You want a Babe, Babe Ruth? You want a Babe Ruth? I'll do a Babe Ruth. Really? No. <laughs> this is really Grayson's uh, signature. There. Happy birthday. Thank okay. You. <clears throat> so I, I want to share three verses with you. Uh, about discipleship, because that really is at the heart of what we do with Baseball Chapel. It's kind of our, one of our little taglines is, we're there to make disciples. And your church, I know, uh, from talking to your staff and been around uh, uh, several times, I know that's your heart too. Hey, how do we make disciples for Christ? There's a reading in um, an, old, uh, an old Jewish writing called the Mishnah. And here's what the reading says in the Mishnah. Uh, and it was challenging people to open up their, their homes and their lives to those who taught the Old Testament scriptures. And it said this. It said, let your house be a meeting house for the wise. So it was saying in this Jewish writing, open up your home to the teachers of the law. And then it says this. 
and powder thyself in the dust of their feet. Really an interesting phrase. Um, And drink their words with thirstiness. And that little phrase, powder thyself in the dust of their feet, uh, there's some debate about exactly what it means. Some have used it to teach, and I think this is probably accurate. The, The picture is, think of a rabbi walking on dusty roads in Israel, and you're one of that rabbi's followers. The closer you are to that rabbi, the more dust you will get from him kicking up the dust, right? And we're saying, walk so close to your rabbi that uh, you're, you're right there with him, and you're taking in everything he uh, says. And it really is a good picture of discipleship. Let's walk so closely to Christ that we're covered in his dust. And that's kind of the picture there. Um, you think about being covered with dust in the athletic world. Uh, we might say to someone who played in any sport, baseball, hey, did you get your uniform what? Dirty. You know, did you get down in the dirt there? Uh, maybe you remember pictures of different managers. They don't do it so much today. Arguing with an umpire, and what are they doing, Mike? They're kicking dust on the, you know, they're so close. Hey, you're getting my dust. And, uh, and that really is something, that imagery that we can apply to the Christian life. Let's walk so close to Christ that we're, that we're covered in the dust of the rabbi. Uh, I don't know that this is true. I've heard guys talk about this. That when a Jewish parent would send uh, their son to follow a rabbi, they would often say to their son, go be covered in the dust of the rabbi. And the idea is walk closely with him. So what does that look like? And I just want to share three verses to wrap our time up here in the day. And these are three verses that Jesus taught in the Gospel of John that speak to the idea of walking closely with Christ, being his disciple, or we might say to be covered with his dust. Here's the first one. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you you free. Can I offer this out? To truly be a disciple of Christ... I've got to be covered in obedience, and you do too. Our lives need to be marked by obedience to Christ. We talked about it a little bit this morning, uh, and it's no mistake that it's it's here again, and it's found many times in Scripture. Uh, If I say I love Christ, one of the results of that is there'll be an obedience to him. The obedience doesn't save you or me, but the obedience is evidence of my relationship with him. And so as disciples, we are called to check our own life first. Am I being obedient to the word of God? That means I got to read it. I got to know it. I got to apply it. And then my responsibility is, am I helping others be obedient to the word of God too? And we're called to do that. I probably shared this when I was here uh, five years ago, uh, but I'll share this story again. Um, We had a guy in the Tigers named Travis Fryman. I mentioned, I think, Travis this morning. Uh, or tonight. Travis played um, uh, in the big leagues, played with us, played with Cleveland. And Travis, during the strike year of 94, uh, the season ended early. There was no World Series that year. They went back home. 
And Travis, although he was a Christian at the time, went back home and really got his life right with God. He came back a changed guy. I've heard Travis say, that strike was for me. Okay, I said, oh, so you're the one we blame for uh, all those games missed. But uh, he really got right with God. And Travis became a leader on our team. Uh, We do a Bible study. We do chapels on Sunday, but we do Bible studies with guys away from the ballpark. And so typically we'll do it on the road. And so I'll go out six or eight times a year, visit the Tigers on the road, maybe go over to Minneapolis on a Tuesday morning, grab lunch with some guys, catch the game that night, Wednesday morning in one of their hotel rooms, do a Bible study. Uh, Chapel's 20, 25 minutes, uh, 20 players. Bible study, we're going an hour. And um, you're going to memorize some scripture, and you're going to do some homework, and you're going to dig into the word. We might have six or eight at the Bible study. And so that one year uh, when Travis was with us, the last year he was with us, he led the Bible study on the road. He had about 15 guys in that study. It's really cool. And they had to memorize scripture. They had to do homework. They had a workbook. And he would do it in in their uh, hotel room or they'd rent a conference room at the hotel. And so uh, guys like Tony Clark were in that Bible study. Damien Easley was in that Bible study. Uh, Ernie Harwell was in that study. Jim Price was in that study. A.J. Sager and a number of other guys. Uh, The next year, Travis was traded. And he's now a Cleveland Indian. So he's no longer playing for the Tigers. And the Indians came back to Old Tiger Stadium to play a game. I'm watching the game. And uh, Travis plays third base for the Indians. Damon Easley, our second baseman, is up to bat. He gets a hit. He gets over to first, gets over to second, eventually gets over to third. And you know how between pitches there's a lot of time where uh, the, the nothing happens? And so the third baseman will walk over to the bag and the runner will come back. And I'm watching Travis, our former player, uh, now with the Indians, and Damien, our second baseman. And between pitches, they're like this, talking. And the game you know, is over here. But they're talking, and, oh, yeah, you're right. And, you know, ball's thrown, nothing happened. Oh, yeah, and he's back over here talking again. And this goes on, like, you know, for two at-bats. And so I saw Damien a couple days later. I said, Damien, what were you and Travis talking about? He said he was quizzing me on my Bible memory verses from last year's study. I thought, how cool is that? Because there was a desire, uh, even though we're in different uniforms now, hey, are you still living a life of obedience to Christ? Is it still real in your life? Are you still living it out? And you'd be surprised a lot of the conversations that take place on a baseball field. But uh, we're all called to do that. You know, we meet in the lobby after service and we talk about the Tigers during the baseball season or uh, maybe Michigan, how many are still in mourning after last night? Okay, we talk about the Lions, a little more fresh of a wound, right, from today. And that's all good. We talk about the weather, and we talk about a number of things. But when do we have time, and we need to make the time, to really talk about, hey, how's your walk with Christ going? How's your discipleship? Are you following close? Are you following through? And so one of the marks of being a disciple and uh, we certainly try to do with Baseball Chapel, and uh, you try to do here at your church, is to be covered with obedience, a mark of obedience. Here's the next one. Uh, in John chapter 13, verse 35, a verse you may be familiar with, uh, Jesus speaking the night before he's crucified with his disciples in that upper room, he says, by this shall all men know you're my disciples. There's that phrase again. Here's a mark of being a disciple. Here's what it means to follow Christ. Here's what it means to be covered in his dust. 
uh, if you love one another. And so it's pretty simple, isn't it? Be covered in love. My love for Christ and my love for fellow believers has to be real, has to be evident, has to be powerful. And we are called to do that. We had a, a fellow who pitched for the Tigers. He's now pitching in the World Series for the Washington Nationals, uh, Annabelle Sanchez. Okay, how many know, uh, remember Annabelle? And so Annabelle is having a great year this year with the Nationals, pitched a couple key games in the playoffs. I'm not sure what game he'll be pitching in the World Series. Uh, but when Annabelle was with us, Annabelle had come from the Marlins and really had come to a genuine faith in Christ. And uh, so Annabelle did this. I mentioned the Bible study we do on the road. Every year I'll ask the guys, what do you want to do? You want to do a study at home in Detroit? You'll be away from your family. You want to do one on the road when you, maybe your family's not with you? What do you guys want to do? And uh, so that year, Annabelle, uh, a couple of the guys, Joaquin Soria and some others, they said, we want to do a Bible study on the road. We want English and Spanish together. And I said, okay, I'll come out and do it. I'll make that commitment. And uh, so Annabelle did this. He, he didn't do his room. Every road trip that we planned to do a Bible study on that I went out, he rented a conference room at the hotel. He catered in breakfast. He invited everybody on the team, player, coach, front office, everybody. Black, white, Spanish, it didn't matter. He said, you know what, I want to reach people that love Christ. And he had a genuine love for others. And it was evident, and it was powerful, and it made a difference in the lives of guys. Because he was stepping up and, and showing and demonstrating Christ's love to those around him. By the way, if you want to write this down, uh, it would be a great thing to, to YouTube and watch sometime. Uh, it's not necessarily a, um, a story that was done by a Christian uh, for, with a Christian message to it, but there certainly are some Christian themes through it. Uh, it was done by ESPN. And if you want to Google this, it's about 30 minutes long. There's a little short clip of it uh, on YouTube, but you want to watch the full thing. Uh, watch a little clip called The Chicken Runs at Midnight. And it sounds funny, but it's a powerful story. The Chicken Runs at Midnight. <clears throat> in that, Annabelle is uh, one of the guys featured in there. Uh, and he tie, he's tied into the story that that uh, title is behind. So if you want to watch something good, uh, I encourage you to watch that. And then, folks, here's the final one. Is um, uh, if we're going to be disciples and we're going to train disciples, it means obedience, it means love, and it means being fruitful. And so here's what it says in John chapter 15, verse 8. Uh, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's pretty, evident, pretty clear. It's a straightforward statement. Another mark of being a disciple is obedience, is love, and it's being fruitful. And we could do a whole series on what it means to be fruitful as a Christian. Uh, we're not going to do that here tonight, but just to kind of give a couple uh, uh, bullet points. Uh, one, it means the fruit of the Spirit. It means, you know, I want God's Spirit to control my life. I want people to see not just my gifts, but I want them to see the fruit of the Spirit uh, in my life. The way we treat people, uh, the way we uh, treat one another, uh, the way we go about our lives and carry ourselves. It's really interesting. I'll take some people to the ballpark, and uh, we don't have guest speakers usually coming to chapel, but on occasion, uh, we used to do more of it, and take them down to the ballpark, 
and go toward the place where we do chapel or the Tigers clubhouse, and uh, players are coming in that time of morning. And so let's say one of the players is there, and there's the security guy who guards kind of that entrance. And I've seen people that say, yeah, I really love Christ. I want to be his, I'm his disciple. Maybe they have a position in ministry. And they'll blow right by the security guy and treat him like he's nothing in order to talk to who? A player. And is that really the fruit of the Spirit? Is that how God would do it? Uh, and so we're really called to develop and have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Uh, we're to have fruit in our uh, ministry. And we all have a ministry. We all have people in our lives that we're to impact for Christ and that we're to speak Christ's love into their lives. And God says, uh, hey, when you put forth my word, my word will not return empty or void. And it will produce fruit. And so if I look at my life and say, you know, there's absolutely no fruit going on in my life from a ministry perspective, I've got to ask myself this question. Am I sharing God's word with others? Because God said when you share his word with others, there will be some fruit. It may not happen right away. It may not always be evident immediately, but it will happen. But I've got to ask myself, am I doing, am I doing the planning for the fruit to come up? And so I just encourage you folks as uh, you go on in uh, being a lighthouse here in your community, uh, you be a disciple. And you be a biblical disciple. One who's marked by obedience, by love. And by fruitfulness. And be praying as we do with our ministry. That's what we desire to do. You see these men and women uh, be uh, people who are followers of Christ. Not followers of our ministry. Not followers of us personally. But genuine followers of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks so much for uh, having us here today. We've really enjoyed it. And let me close in prayer. Father, we uh, thank you so much for your love to us. Thank you for saving us. And uh, we each hopefully can look back to that time and place in our life where Jesus became real and Christ became our Savior. And I thank you, Father, for this church, for its uh, uh, light, uh, being a lighthouse here in uh, the community and really through their missions and outreach around the world. And I pray you continue to bless them, guard them, protect them, give them wisdom and guidance. I thank you, Father, for their partnership with us, the encouragement they are through prayer. Uh, through just words of encouragement, through financial partnership. And uh, I thank you so much that there are folks here who can see a mission field that uh, normally would not be reached, but uh, through this ministry of Baseball Chapel and what we do, uh, there's that opportunity. So thank you for their partnership and their fruit uh, that they're having there. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.